When life gives you nothing, you make nothing aid. That came out wrong. No, anyway. Dude. Wait a minute. Does that mean Gatorade is made? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> no. Yep. <I'm> <laughs> Aren't you glad you're in Florida now? <laughs> it is there. It is there in the text. Ooh. <laughs> Spelled out as if by magic. Sweet. <laughs> it is magic. Yes. The internet there... is magic. That's what my wife says. I keep worrying about all the internet fairies that have to carry the messages and the packets from place to place. And... I don't usually worry about them. They get good dental coverage. Okay. <laughs> they know the tooth fairy and all, so, you know. Exactly. That is true. He, he knew where I was going with that. That's good. I like that. <laughs> That's good. We're already jiving. I like that. Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. I'm Eden. And you may notice that that was not Kent. Kent could unfortunately not make it, so for this episode we have Eden Royce sitting in for him, whom you may remember from a previous episode. Hello! Hello! Thank you very much for coming and helping us out with this. It was my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Our guest today is the game designer, Eloy LaSanta. Hello, sir! Hello, everyone. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. That's good. We'll see how it is at the end of this, but that's good for now. <laughs> I'm doing great currently. Yes. Well, for folks who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am the uh, owner and operator of Third Eye Games. We make such wonderful games as Apocalypse Prevention, Inc., uh, Wishing the Ninja Crusade, Part-Time Gods, and Mermaid Adventures. On our first licensed game, Camp Myth, we have a game that Third Eye Games is publishing for Brennan Bishop, which is called Storm Battalion. We have that going. Our Sinister RPG, which is really good. You can check that out at thirdeyegames.net slash blog. Check out the Sinister stuff. But basically, I'm an all-around RPG guy. I do have my own podcast at rolling20spodcast.com. And yeah, I do a lot of stuff. So rather busy a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, it's a nice way to put it. We talked a little bit before we started the recording, and Eloy elected to just let us sort of move the spinner and just sort of see where it lands as to the starting concept. So let's take a look at the list here. Oh, there's not really a spinner? No, I'm sorry. The, I was thinking that, too. It's like, we have a spinner? That's, That's cool. awfully disappointing now. <laughs> it's a metaphorical spinner. It's, it pretends to be a spinner. It's really just a piece of paper with things written on it. Uh, <laughs> Sounds much less impressive that way. I'm just going to start shouting things out. A desert planet, an extra-dimensional realm, a world full of robots, a shadow plane... A world used as a deity's game zone. I mean, when you say shadow realm, exactly what are you referring to? Maybe, I'm not certain. <laughs> are you trying to say there's like a world that we sort of know of as the quote real world, and then there's a shadow realm that sort of is a backdrop or a parallel, and sometimes they blend? Sort of. That was kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, basically something where it's a realm where you have beings composed of shadow and things composed of shadow, or something along those lines. Eden, did you want to develop something uh, that's sort of like a shadow thingy? Do you want to do that? I like the idea of starting with a concept this time, because when I was on the podcast before, I really sort of started out by saying, hey, this is what I want to do. Don't you too? <laughs> Yay! So I like the idea of starting with a concept, almost like you said, one word to say, what does this mean to you? How can we create a world around it? Okay. So are you saying start with shadow, a shadow realm? and Well, didn't you say that there? you had done something shadowish before? Well, let's see. We did a uh, life and death cycle world, and the thing that Eden was on before, the name of that world was Hell Noir. Okay, I'm, um, just, not, I'm just thinking so that we might not want to duplicate efforts. If it's something that's kind of similar, maybe we want to go in the exact opposite direction and make it a world of light. We could do that. Would folks be interested in doing something based on light or light spectrums? Or Hey, I think that works. Okay, let's play with light. If we so, have beings that are, I don't know, going to be made of light or something like that, then there's all sorts of types and color spectrums that they could be to differentiate between the creatures. That's interesting. Yeah. Has anyone here played the uh, an RPG called Paranoia? Mm-hmm. I mentioned this because this is really only a sidetrack thing, but they use different colors to represent different ranks. And so that's one of the things that reminded me of initially. But maybe something where you've got a society, maybe beings that are hyper-intelligent shades of light, essentially. Thank you, Douglas Adams. Yes. <laughs> 
Thank you, Douglas Adams. Was it something that, of uh, blue? It was a shade of blue. Yeah, it was the the Hulavu was a uh, creature in one of his books that was a hyper intelligent shade of the color blue that required refracting into different things. It, was, it literally was light. This, I think, maybe we can play with it a little bit and maybe go slightly metaphorical. Or there are beings that are composed of light, but they have become perhaps more solid. Something along those lines, perhaps. Or even just people who glow. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of different. Could be that too. Could technically go in. <laughs> ah, cocoon, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were aliens. So that is true. Have aliens whole... are people, too. Oh. <laughs> you have that whole Green Lantern story arc where they have colored, other yeah. colored Green Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting, that's actually, that there's... Because they they have the different colors meaning different things. Yeah, they were all emotion-based stuff. And while we don't necessarily have to go in that specific direction, I think it would be interesting to have something where you have the different colors meaning different things. Do we want these to be physical beings or non-physical beings? Um, You know, it's weird. I've been watching a lot of Battlestar Galactica lately. The first thing that I'm thinking of here is what if there was these light beings are interacting with humans we have the light beings, we have the humans, and then we have them trying to mate, and then maybe their offspring are more solid. Ah, that's interesting. I like that. So are they gods? Yeah. I guess it depends. I wasn't thinking gods. I was just thinking another race of people, or even regular people who have evolved beyond. Or I mean, there's a lot of different directions you could go with right. that. Yeah. Well, if they've evolved beyond, there has to be some reason that they want to mate with the humans and potentially have bodies for whatever reason. Here's how I would handle that. I would say that this and in thousands of years in the future and humans still exist in some shape or form because some of them branched off and kept evolving. But the humans that didn't evolve still have a presence and the light beings continue to evolve until they realize that they actually just become light and they actually just blend link out of existence and just become light. So they're actually trying now to go back to the humans and start intermingling the two types of beings in an effort for all of them to not just blink out of existence. Interesting. Mm. I know there's a theory in physics about going, you know, once you once you hit the speed of light, you become light, essentially. Yeah. And that's right. pretty much it. So that's, Something like uh, that, but without yeah. me having known about that at all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the theory is, is once you hit the speed of light, Nothing physical could travel at the speed of light. Right. Yes. You have to be pure energy to travel at the speed of light. Don't make me think. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes, yes. No, we need to... Uh, uh, that's a lesson on particle physics. <laughs> I think I think that's a good idea as far as they're highly intelligent, so they obviously realize what their end is going to be if something isn't done quickly. Right, right. Okay. Well, and not even that they're like, they're super smart, so they figured it out, but it's happening. So yeah. they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, it, it puts uh, a little bit more of an so urgent spin on it. As a, <laughs> yeah, yes, as exactly. To, um, you know, as opposed to them, you know, well, theoretically, in another hundred years, you know, it's like, no, it's like, look, my brother yesterday, he just blinked. He's gone. <laughs> yes. I need, we need to, I'm mating with somebody. <laughs> or I, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm passing myself on to something. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Well, it's also a good excuse to mate with people, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> Any good excuse. Hey, man, it's for the it's for the future of, of our race. Come on. It's, it's evolution. Be, it was all that stuff Darwin was on about. That would be great if uh, if actually that whole thing's a hoax and they're just jackasses. <laughs> Best picked line ever. Hey, girl. Yeah, let's not actually go that in that direction, but that would be funny. Um, you, know, you know, like in this kind of setting, I'm actually seeing we're still on Earth. It's just Earth, and it's just these two types of beings, regular humans and then these light beings of some unknown name that, you know, I have no name for them right now. So it's like the two of them, and I see the moment that it becomes clear to the world that this is an epidemic is when our president, who is a light being, stands up and starts talking about it in a theoretical sense and then blinks out of existence itself <laughs> on live TV. And like that's what I'm picturing, and then the whole world is just like, okay, every human find a light person, do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That means that uh, maybe some countries will actually start breeding projects. Depends on how our government and such is at that point, so we can figure that out. Do you throw in a, maybe there are humans that are trying to get rid of the light people, and maybe they precipitated this? 
Oh yeah, well, fade I mean, out. They might have. Maybe they found a way to. Maybe Stretch the light people would have eventually started blinking out of existence a thousand years from now. But there is a human uh, scientist out there that figured out a way to speed up their process and uh, blinking out and killing them all. This is what happens when you keep turning that Large Hadron Collider on and off. No, that's cool. I like that. It's, but I could uh, see that. I could see that. As, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I could see groups that are like, they have it coming. We don't need you anymore. I mean, there's a lot of hate groups out there. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure that if it's a common belief that these light beings are better than humans, then there's going to be a lot of people who are going to take the stance of, oh, and now they're blinking out of existence? Well, I guess they're not that much better than us then. Yeah. Let's think about this for a moment. Approximately how far in the future do you think we want to put this? It can be abstract, but I'm thinking just in terms of how different we want society to be from today so that we can figure out what we're going to be playing with. I assume this is not going to happen next week. About how long do you think it would take for human beings to evolve into light people through whatever means? Thursday, yes. Um, Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> It's always I don't Thursday. Know. I've got some things I've got to do on Thursday. I don't know if I can schedule becoming light in there, but I'll see what I can do. Who says you're going to turn to light, Jim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I was thinking about it. Well, is it a choice? That's another. That's a good question. Can I would actually, I, I would think that it's not a choice. And actually, then it makes the whole thing human. It's like, do you think you're better than me? It's like, no, it kind of just happened. It's not, so, I didn't that, choose it. So this is something that would occur naturally, then I, I would so. assume. Okay. Oh, do you think there's a cult or a religion about oh, yeah. the people who ascend? And I guess the next question that we would need to figure out is what is like kind of the population? What's the ratio? Because I mean, I, I like the idea of there not being a lot of light people to begin with. Because that way they can still be effectively, narratively a minority. Right. Enough for people to want to kind of gang up on them. Enough for them to become popular so that one of them can become president. Right. But not enough for it to be totally widespread and for them to have a lot of control. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Is this a evolutionary thing? Yeah, it, it, that's I mean, it's totally a Darwinian kind of thing that a child was bred. A human child suddenly became. Yeah, I was trying to think about thing. what environmental factors would require people to begin turning to light. Well, and I mean, and that's, so, and that's kind of the thing. What if there was no knowledge as to we don't know how, how, how do, what if we don't even know? What if it just happened? Then it's like people in, in the hate groups turn. And then it's like, oh, well, I kind of hated myself just a minute ago. (laughs) Now now I'm like, well, no, hey, don't kill all of the light people. So it's something that actually happens to you during the course of your life. You're not necessarily born that way. Yeah, I would consider it that way. Unless you're born from a parent that had it, I don't think that you should be born with it. So it should be some sort of puberty onset, possibly? Possibly, yeah. If it's something where you suddenly turn, hmm. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So yeah, if if it's puberty onset, then it would be something where it could conceivably be evolutionary. Right. I mean, if it weren't, then it would be something someone would have to have done somewhere. It may not necessarily be known what it was. Right, and and depending upon how far we are along in the process, I would imagine it would take at least about 150 years for them to gain equality. The human race were to, yeah. were to look at its past and, and learn from you know, the issues that we have now. Does, does the human race do that? Our, our <laughs> yeah. Oh man, do we? I mean, it's all about who's in power and it's just a, it's a matter of yeah. is the person in power someone who's going to put that foot forward and make it so that the people of light become equal sooner than otherwise. Yeah. So I can definitely see like a, a 150 to 200 year period. That does sound like that would take about that long at least. But I mean, basically, if we make it a puberty thing, then yeah, then that denotes some sort of evolutionary thing. I would say that if we made it where it is kind of just completely random, like someone's kid could turn into it at the age of seven, and what if your grandfather has lived to 90 and he's on his deathbed and immediately just turns and then he he gets to live for another hundred years? You know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, it, it could make yeah. it kind of spooky and would also lend itself to the cult aspect that John was talking about if we were to do it that way. I think that if we do the puberty thing, we can say like the vast majority of them turn at puberty. Okay. Um, And then we can say, but there are rare cases where some turn earlier, some turn later, and there are scientists trying to break down why that's happening, but nobody really knows. So then there are a bunch of cults and religious groups 
that are attaching their mythology to it and their ideas to it until the scientists have figured it out. And, I mean, because that's what happens nowadays. Okay, because that also just sort of happens in life. Not people turning to light yet. Uh, but um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Well, I, I was looking at, maybe they start out at the blue, the ultraviolet spectrum, their glow. And maybe they stretch out to red, going off into the infrared, because that's the wavelength slowing down, so to speak, stretching out. And so, so that's like as how they get it, older, right? They go to red and infrared, and then they kind of—that's when they blink out. The line flattens. So you're gonna make me break out the Roy G. Biv chart now. Yeah, I'm sitting there looking at it. <laughs> and the temperature, you know, actually Wikipedia, the sum of all the Earth's knowledge, of course. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, has, a nice, has a nice spectrum properties. I like that idea. I think that's interesting. Say if they start out sort of more of a violet color and then they go through it and eventually they end up red. Is yeah. that what you're saying? You might have powers or I don't know what you want to call it, abilities that kind of coincide with those color schemes attuned to a certain wavelength. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting question. Do we want to give them powers? How powerful do we want them to be? What's it like to live at, a, at light and be light, a coherent light? A good question. Is this something that once they change to light, it's an immediate flash? and it happens, or is this something that they begin changing and spend a certain amount of time as solid and begin becoming light in stages, or is it all of a sudden, boom, I'm a light particle? I like that better. I like that better where it's the the progressive, like you just said. I kind of like the progressive because it can be almost like they're flickering on and off like a light bulb that's burning out. Hmm. Do we want to say that they retain the same basic shape as they had, only they are more sort of made of the light? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they would turn into wisps or anything. So, you know, there are theories that your consciousness is not really stored inside your brain. It's actually part of the greater... It's it's like an antenna, almost. Your Your consciousness is much larger than... So I don't know if that's the only way you could get coherent light and be a sentient being made of light. That's the problem. Where's your brain if you're actually well, a being? What if the idea is that your brain then becomes more complicated to the point that it's not... How do I put this? It's like a matrix. It's not actually as much physically there as it was. Yeah, that makes sense. So brain activity then is going on throughout more of you at that point. Which then leads to the more them being more intelligent, which then leads to the idea that they think themselves better, which then leads to the idea of the humans not liking some of them. And blah. that kind of feeds into the idea that we already have. Yeah, it's essentially the job that your brain was doing is then taken over. So you you become a light brain. Basically, you become a, a computer made of light. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Some sort of light field that approximates that kind of... That's an interesting... I do not know the words here, but uh, I will say synapses, receptors, things, you know, in different places. You have a uh, light analog but, for all that. Yeah, all that. yeah, the light analog for that. Things firing off at different places that still need to fire off, but it's now more evenly distributed. When, when you flicker into the light standard, mm-hmm. and eventually you become entirely violet, then you will progress through the spectrum. Yeah, maybe there's a point where your body is really just a shell, a hard light shell that you maintain until you're ready to let go of it. I like that also just for the fact that it references Red Dwarf. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, and you know, and I wonder if their body turns to light or if their light is then kind of interpreted as their soul and they actually leave their dead human body behind them. It would add a little bit more of a mystical thing to it in terms of the way that the humans would interpret it because then they might even think of their loved ones as becoming angels and protecting them and things like that. So, you know, you would have that, but then you also have the idea of, well, no, that's no longer my son. That's my son an is, interesting my son idea. Is over here on the ground. I like this idea because we were talking about the idea of the slow transition. So does the process actually kill, quote unquote, the physical body? Or does that only happen when the physical body was going to die? Say so the light actually doesn't leave you and become its own thing until you become a truck, uh, until you become a truck, well, if, until you were hit by a truck. <laughs> well, we had, we had, well, we had said earlier that we yeah. kind of wanted to keep it that the majority of it happens at puberty. So unless the theory is everyone's about to die as soon as they get pubes, then we probably don't go that direction. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the people feel that way in life anyway. But maybe those are some of the freak occurrences. Maybe it is that, like, right as you're getting hit by a truck, 
all of a sudden you become this kind of being. And then there becomes a whole other thing of, well, is this just your spirit leaving your body and you know, and you haven't found your way to the afterlife? Maybe that's all you are. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so does everybody have the potential to be one of these? Yeah, beings? I say everybody should have the potential to be, but it's probably going to be like one in like every 10,000 like, and it's going to be, point in it's history, gonna be really small. Yeah, and at this point in history, people are going to be frightened of it, and they're not necessarily thinking that it's going to be everybody. They're going to think that the people that it's happening to are, like, the chosen or what have you, and so there, there'll be a lot of, a lot of speculation about that. Yes, <laughs> clearly. Let's see, we're talking then about at least, say, 200 years from now. Do we want to actually position the current quote-unquote now date is further than that. In other words, do people start turning to light on Thursday, or does this happen at some point later in the future? We had agreed it would take about 150 to 200 years for them to gain equality. Yes, exactly. Uh, But there would have to be a certain number of them first, so then there would have to be more time in between now and that 200 years for them to actually amass a certain number to be worthy of equality. So when do we see this starting? How soon does this start happening? When does the first person turn violet? See, that's a weird question. If you ask when does the first one turn violet, that could be Thursday, and no one knows about it. That's yeah. what I was about to say. It's when we know. Yeah. You know, it's when does it become commonplace that this is known and not before the panic, obviously, yeah. of, of the, the president and all that. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> well, yeah. The reason I ask that is because if we can figure out how far in the future this thing takes place, mm-hmm. then that gives us an idea of how much we need to change things from today. Well, let's just uh-huh. say that the first person turns to light Thursday, this coming Thursday. Okay. <laughs> it's hush-hushed it's in some small rural farm town that, you know, it's been covered up and that child or whoever it is, is just hidden from the world until it starts happening more and more. So let's just say it's this Thursday. Okay, everyone get your calendars. Make sure you mark it. So let's say that it happens on Thursday. Then how much time do you think it would take for enough of them to be noticed that equality becomes an issue? It needs Hmm. to be beyond the lifetime of the first person that changed. Yeah. Okay, and as we establish that their lifespans are longer... See, and th- that's, that's the point. other thing. And I was trying to figure out how long 150 years were, because, yeah. you know, the whole Einstein relativity, they may see it as a much longer... Because relative to you, moving at the speed of light, time passes incredibly slow. Exactly. Well, you know, did anybody here see the Superman versus the Elite it's on Netflix? Ah, I haven't seen that yet. I want there, to. There's actually... Oh, man, I feel like I'm going to be spoiling stuff. But there's a scene on there where Superman gives his... No, it wasn't on that one. It was on one with Lex Luthor, where Lex Luthor figures out this formula or whatever to give him the ability to have the same powers Uh, and everything as Superman. That was was All-Stars, Superman. That was All-Stars. And in that moment, Lex Luthor saw the world the way Superman does which is right. like everything's super slow and you start to care more about everything because you feel everything, right? you know, and all that. Yeah. And I could see that as a correlation to that kind of mindset to these beings of light that we have here. So if they are moving quicker, you know, they're quicker, everything else moves slower around them. They probably become more benevolent beings. Right. You know? They have to become infinitely patient because right. it's going to take you relative to them days to walk across a room exactly well then just for the sake of uh, standard human time for us as well let's say that maybe the point where equality becomes an issue is say a hundred years from thursday okay um, and I can see that well i mean and then so, so uh, 150 to 200 years after that is one so how long get. are we thinking that they live because I, I, I'm thinking that they would live anywhere from 100 to 150, 200 years themselves. Yeah. I think since it's considered a progression from the human state, we could say that something like on an order of double what human lifespan is at this point. Right. That seems to make sense to me. So say, what, 200 years? Yeah, we'll say that. So if we say that 100 years from Thursday, equality becomes an issue, and then it takes another, say, 200 years after that to actually get to the point that they start winking out because someone has actually advanced them further. Right. Then we're looking at the 2300s. Sounds good to me. Okay. Right about Star Trek time. Okay. So, where are we in the 2300s, generally speaking? 
So in the 2300s, that's a hard question because I thought that we would have flying cars by now. I know. So what's up with that, yo? So we're probably <laughs> probably in 2300. We're not as far as we would think we would be. Damn, probably we were promised flying cars. I know. I'm upset. Let's say that we don't quite have Star Trek yet, and yet, strangely enough, we have some Earthbound technology that's slightly more advanced than Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I actually, I'm, I'm down for the idea of possible, like, cosmetic implants, things like that. Yeah. Nothing that does any real damage, like you can't get, like, a gun arm or anything, but you can get something <laughs> that you can access the internet with a yeah. blink, things like that. But that's what I'm saying, like, more cosmetic things. You but, know, like, hey, Darla, I see you have a camera eye. Yeah, I do. I got I got it yesterday. Okay. Isn't it nice? Oh, okay. So uh, we have, like, cyber gear, stuff like that. Yeah. So say uh, implants can become commonplace. Implants that mimic human life, which yeah. is interesting because we're looking at ways through the technology by that point to simulate human life mm-hmm. when, in fact, there's this other thing going on. So that's that's very interesting in and of itself. How is AI doing? I, it's probably the, the singularity has not happened. I wouldn't. Okay. I don't see it happening in the next three hundred years. I think for the purpose of this world, but for this uh, world. I, I think it would be better if it hasn't yet. Right. But although I'm it would be interesting to have a super intelligent computer trying to deal to work with beings that are on a hyper. I like the idea of maybe there being things like what seem to be self-aware computers and robots and things like that, but it's not post-singularity, though, so they're not self-replicating. Right, no, so they would be VIs instead of AIs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You could conceivably have robot butlers by this point. Well, but I would say I would say the rich probably have robot butlers. The rich might have flying cars. Yes, uh, bastards. <laughs> but the average citizen probably doesn't have access to these really expensive things. Mm-hmm. And we probably have very new and interesting drugs that uh, technology has helped us with. Do we have direct neural interface at this point? Yes. Okay. I just then I, I can foresee the idea of there being this, like, you can inject yourself with World of Warcraft, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes like uh, you, you can have these virtual worlds that are like drugs, things of that nature. Yeah. People are turned to it so much because it's they become these other things. I'm not thinking about it as a faction or anything. I'm just saying that that's kind of the point where we're getting to at that point. So that is, is some sort of interface required to once the light beams reach a certain point is that how they the only way they can interact with the physical world how do you mean like do they need some interface some sort of interface to a computer system or or um, maybe they lose coherency so they can't make sounds that's an interesting idea and then, and then the, the computers actually become like way more important to both humans and the light people I don't know. I, I, no, well, no, it's, it's an hot. interesting idea because it's, then it's maybe because then maybe at some point somebody's robot butler starts talking to him in a much more familiar way because they've been inhabited by a red person. They're essentially at the point that they're like, okay, I, this is the only way I can communicate with you now. No, I think that that's I think that that's a good idea. And so that's yeah, maybe that's part of. I the think the further along that they get yeah. in the spectrum, the more that they would lose their well, and then the more they lose their humanness, which means uh, human thought, human communication, things like that. Right, and that's yeah. why it makes it doubly shocking that they just sort of, they blink out. Right. Yeah. And the, the other people that are around that level are like, oh, hell, you know, yeah. what do we do here? So it's entirely possible that maybe, say, say if the president is in the yellow by that point, practically, suddenly just cycles through orange, red, and infrared and is gone. Right. Because he's been accelerated. I just threw it out there as kind of a half joke, really, but that whole virtual injection process might be something that, that maybe, there, there might be something going on there where, you know, you could do that. Maybe that might be one of the ways that you can advance someone if you have something that's designed to kind of speed up their matrix, as it were. I know, it's, I'm still playing with it. Well, I here. mean, remember, we we were thinking that it's a natural process. They're gonna burn out. Yeah. And yeah. that someone that has figured out a way to do it, whether it be with, like, an acceleration ray or, <laughs> you know... Some, it could be. Something like that. Some some terrorist yeah. group is just going around doing this. Well, that's... What you were talking about the Lex Luthor. That's how Superman beat him. Basically, Lex Luthor injected himself with a serum that made him Superman. Mm-hmm. And he is running around terrorism, and Superman doesn't have any powers, but he's 
shoots Lex Luthor with a gravity ray. Basically, it increases the gravity around Lex Luthor multiple folds. So Lex Luthor is having to use all this power to right. keep himself. Well, but gravity bends time. So suddenly he just ran out. And so instead of the 24 hours that he was supposed to have the powers, suddenly he had the powers for 10 minutes. Right. And he, he just ran out of juice, essentially. It yeah. Was, it's actually very clever. So maybe that's something similar as they figured out how to do this to the light people. Right. Yeah, write that down, Jim. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that, the time, that thing. That, that, Acceleration, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that light bends based on space. Some sort of gravity anomaly, I don't know. Yeah. Chuck them into a black hole or something. Oh, I'm just thinking that you'd just require some kind of particle accelerator. Yeah. If we're subscribing to the light as particles theory rather than the light as waves theory. Or both. Or, yeah, it could be a wave accelerator. It could accelerate both. I don't know. Yeah, it could be something, just something that you could even conceal in, in say, like a studio light kit. So that way, that might have been how they did it, you know, how they accelerated the president. A clever new form of assassination. Assassination by particle accelerator. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Cool. Okay. So now that we've kind of got an idea of approximately when this takes place and we know we're in flying car territories, but only for the rich, that sort of thing, probably I'm guessing we haven't gone too far into space exploration given the way things are going. Are the governments roughly where they were? Or do we want to combine any or do anything like that that we want to play with? Do we want to just keep this in North America for right now? What do we want to do with this part? As a storyteller, I would always, it's good to know what's kind of going on in the world, but I usually like to focus on one one region, or if this was a novel that I was writing, it would be one particular character, and then I would focus on what's going on around that character. I guess it depends on how large scale we really want to build this setting out. When I'm doing role-playing games, I usually start with the U.S., and then I build off of what I've come up with for one country, and I say, and this is how it's different in the other areas. I could see the U.S. going and conquering other nations and taking Canada. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you could, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. You know, you know, like that all of North America is the U.S. now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it could be, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, 300 years in the future. I mean, that could happen. I mean, I would hope it doesn't. <laughs> That's true. I, uh, I, I don't want to do that to the Canadians. But, or the, or uh, the Mexicans. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I think that then, uh, yeah, I was just thinking in terms of just narratively, then... Uh, I say we leave it mostly where it's at. Yeah, what do you guys probably think? best. Yeah, I mean, I could see we're going to have to go through a couple wars and, you know, you, you see a sort of firefly history future where a couple sides fell out of the equation. Maybe the Europeans fell out of the equation and it was Asia and America. I don't know. Or right. North yeah, I mean, I can see basically there being some sort of big thing in Asia and a big thing over here. We're still basically talking about the United States and probably China. And probably, and it might have changed some. We might have yeah. gotten a few extra states. Yeah. You know, we might have usurped some of Mexico and Canada, but it's not necessarily important to yeah. the setting overall. Yeah. That that's yeah. happened because it's not really a political or war type setting that we're kind of creating here. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and, uh, I was I was thinking maybe it's possible by now that someone went nuts and wiped the Middle East entirely off the map, but um, I don't know if that's I could really totally see it. because it could easily have gotten to that point where it was like someone decided the only way to deal with it was to was to kill everybody. I could um, see that that would happen, and I could then see that there would be groups that blame the ambient radiation in the air and within our atmosphere now yeah, that yeah. is now turning humans into this abomination. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, people can tie that in so politically tie, if they want. You can tie want. everything yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That, that works. That works well. <laughs> awesome, okay. I think we're good to start identifying conflict groups here, just sort of playing with them here. Now, do we want any of the light folk to be organized? Well, I think they'll be organized just as much as any other person, uh, especially those that communicate on a wavelength that only others of their own kind understand, yeah. they would definitely need to be organized in some way. I, I wouldn't say that they would be segregated due to their color, but they would be segregated as to where along in the evolution that they are. Yeah. So a red is not necessarily going to be able to communicate all that well with a violet. Yeah. You know, so they're probably not going to intermingle all that much, not because they don't like each other or there's hatred or, or bigotry, but just because Physically, we have, we have nothing in common right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like when you have, you know, a 50 year old and any he or she 
finds like a young, nubile 18-year-old, when it comes down to communication, they're like, I don't care anything about what you're saying. <laughs> There's nothing going on here. And I've seen that happen several times. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking that my roundabout rambling way of saying, yes, there should be organizations. I could see some of the violets and blues and stuff. I could see them almost kind of having kind of like a Black Panther-ish kind of party where they're almost like freedom fighters somewhere like that. Yeah. And then I could see the ones that are further along, like the oranges and the reds. I can almost see them like almost building their own civilizations up in the clouds, almost mm. separating themselves away from everyone else because they're just like, we're almost not human anymore and I have no reason to be here on Earth anymore. Almost kind of like a Mr. Manhattan kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Dr. No, I, no. Uh, Dr. Manhattan, excuse me. Yeah, uh, Dr. Manhattan, yeah. He went to Manhattan school to become a doctor <laughs> of Manhattan. <laughs> I didn't realize you can get that. <laughs> Well, and you're blue and naked, you know, they don't really you know, argue with you. Giant so, blue and naked, too. Exactly. So do we want to say, is it, narratively speaking, then, probably the uh, lower colors, the violet indigo blues, did they become popular enough that that was how one became president? Yeah, I would say that they were the ones that were able to get themselves into the culture and become the new kind of hip thing. And, and, and basically, as the generations go, that's why a lot of our culture now nowadays is very urban. It's actually because of African Americans and how much they influence everything in, in the world and it's kind of gone and kind of skewed in that direction. I could see the same thing with these light people that maybe they've brought new trends, maybe they brought new ideas and it's right. then yeah. taking what we have and it's skewing it in another direction. It almost makes it cool to be one of them and everybody kind of wants to be one of them. But then there's the people from the last generation that are like, I never, I could never understand this. And they're all stupid things and they should be all killed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. OK, so therefore, that means that we do have this violet indigo blue party is kind of unless you want to call them the underdogs or the ones that are kind of pushing through, even though they're actually more advanced than most of the people on the planet. Well, uh, I think that they're, they're hey. advanced because they live out of time. So they've had enough time to read all the books and to yeah when well, even well, when you just first turn over so to speak into light well and that's kind of what i was going to say was when you get around the middle of that like the greens and stuff they're probably like they're on that cusp like we've read all the books we know everything but we still want to be part of the world right you they know? still have some residual humanity yeah exactly whereas the blues and the violets they're like look we just changed we're still pretty darn human there's no reason for you to segregate us out and treat us differently. We are still essentially human. Treat us that way. And then that's why they would be the ones fighting for equality, because they're almost fighting to just be recognized for what they were at one point. Yes, that's where a lot of the support comes in. And I guess that maybe what happened is at some point is they got behind a green candidate who is still associated with them. And he, he got in office and that, that works. That works. OK, so you're and, saying they subverted the Green Party. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if they'd look at it that way, but it would be interesting if we're working toward the color green. Therefore, this is what the party will become. That right. would be funny. But, well, uh, and, and part of the thing about the whole equality thing is, again, if they are actively leaving their body and leaving their body behind, then the governments and the states are going to classify them as dead. And dead people yeah, can't yeah, vote. Dead people true. can't get licenses to do things. Dead people can't do a lot. of, And that's a lot of their campaign is we're not dead. When did we decide the body gets left behind? Is that when you get into Violet? I think that we had said that they, they flicker with the power for like a little bit. And then okay. when they actually become the light being, then they leave their body. <laughs> I think okay. that's what we had said. So, yeah. Is so that then right, when, Eden? Because I, I think you were the one that kind of came up with the progressive idea there. Well, I guess in my mind, it was more of they're flickering and it may or may not be a comfortable, bearable process, but it's part of the body sort of dying and getting ready to release the light portion uh, was my mind. So they okay. have to go through that time frame of adjustment, if you will. So yeah. once the body is ready to sort of make the separation, then the light portion of it leaves the corpse, I guess, right. behind and becomes its own entity. I could see probably blue being that process then. 
So you're blue while you're flickering in your body and you're having this pain and it's not enjoyable and all that stuff. And that's when you're blue. And then probably when you, I'm sorry, when you turn to, that's violet, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's violet. Yeah, violet's the first. So yeah, so that's probably when you're violet. And then when you, when you cross over into indigo, that's when you would then leave your body. Okay. That sounds cool. Does, yeah. Uh, are, we, are we good with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, awesome. Just to, on a brief physical note here, what do you look like after you have left your body? Kind of like Cocoon. That's what I'm picturing like in my brain. I think yeah. you, you mentioned it earlier, and I was like, yeah. ah, no, kind of like that. Yeah. I'm good with that if that's what we're looking for. Still we humanoid, because you're still retaining your general form, which is then why people then start kind of relating it to that's your soul and stuff like that. I mean, if because if you came out and you didn't look anything human anymore, then it would be a lot harder to fight for equality yeah. when you are nothing like them anymore physically. I mean, because humans are bound by their senses, and if you don't look like us, that's the problem. I was kind of thinking that maybe you look less and less human as you progress through the spectrum. Well, yeah, you eventually maybe. forget what you looked like. Yeah. Or don't care enough. Yeah, because it's also been much longer for you by that point anyway. Yeah. Let's yeah. say when, when you're indigo, maybe you look very similar to the way that you looked alive, but you are glowing indigo light. So okay. if they live like 100 years or 150 years... I think, I think we had said double, so roughly double, so about 150 to 200. Yeah. So that's like something moving at the speed of light. That's thousands of years to them, tens of thousands, actually. If you make a... A ship, you know, it's the whole Einstein relativity yeah. thing, where if you travel at the speed of light for a year and then come back, a, a huge amount of time has passed on Earth, but relative to you, only two years have passed. I think that's also going to be a gradual thing as they go along the spectrum. So, gotcha. okay. you yeah. know, when they're violet, a year might be three years to them, you know, but when they ah. get to indigo, a year might be six years to them and right. then it might be 10 years. And then, you know, when you're red, a year is like a hundred years, right. you know, yeah. but, but earlier on, you're still pretty bound to the physical realm cool. and this time space. And then you, you know, I mean, that's part of the thing where the older ones and the other spectrums, that's why they kind of leave. They're like, we have no correlation to this world anymore. We need yeah. to go do something else. So they've built some kind of a, a relay or something up in the class that they can play with and yeah well i mean since there's flying car technology and stuff um, why not <laughs> yeah. yeah sure no that works but they have their own little cloud city yeah or groups of cloud cities can these people fly yes okay Sorry. yeah that's just me i say they fly immediately upon leaving their body yeah that makes sense to me or they float for a yeah. while like hover and float and then they can learn to ascend higher and not lose their composition and things like that. Yeah. So I, I think it so, as a progressive yeah. progressive thing. Part of my reasoning behind that is as they go along in the spectrum because they're eventually going to red. And and I heard this thing and I'm trying to remember what it where it was from, but basically all life originates from the sun. So if they end in red, I could see them not even flickering out but possibly burning out. So like the mm. red spectrum is you are basically the sun wow. and being as you go further along in the spectrum then the closer you are able to get to the sun meaning the higher and the faster and everything that you can fly as well you have people trying to harvest these folks as power sources i could totally see that i think we've got the light people fairly well established now the humans how many uh, human groups do we want to play with here potential either allies or adversaries or what have you. Technically, these are all human groups. These are all human beings, but right. humans that have not turned yet, groups making reactions <laughs> to this. There are a number of different directions we can play with. Do we just want to play with a couple, or do we want yeah, like, three think, or four we yeah. want to play with here? Or narrative well, yeah, play? because we need to come up with some dissension among the, the light people, too. Well, there already is some, I think, between the, the people in the clouds and the violet indigo blue folks. Yeah, dissension within the light people, I think, is helpful. But because there are not a huge number of them, I think that just as far as interesting narratives go right now, it might be best to focus on the conflict between the regular humans and the light folk. As I, like, I think probably the bigger conflict, unless I, I could be wrong. No, but I see what John is saying. We could almost have like an Amistad type thing. So if we start with the terrorist group, let's just start with the ones that are causing the most havoc 
in the setting as we've set it. The ones that have developed the technology in order to do this to any person of life that they see and shoot them and they die instantly. Whereas before then, there wasn't a way to kill them. You just kind of had to wait until they got bored with Earth or, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I could almost see a person of light who maybe hates themselves. Right. Maybe they loved being human and they actually hate the fact that they've turned into being of light and they see it as a curse. I could see them as the leader of the terrorist group. They're the ones leading. They're the ones that helped develop the technology. And they're the ones that conned some of the other people of light into being the first test subjects and leading to some of, you know, missing persons things. Like I could totally see somebody doing it. It's one of the people of light betraying the others. I see that making sense. What do you guys think? Works for me. Yeah, I think it works. Okay, cool. So, let's see, this terrorist group is led by one or more turncoat light folk. Well, what I mean, is this group like? But it's led, like, the face of it is going to be human. Like, they yes, don't the want fa- it yeah, to be yeah, it's, it's a secret. Yeah, it's a uh, secret. Basically. The light folk that are running them are actually in a, their own little hidden base. Like, we would um, reveal this, like, at the end of the third novel. Yeah, you basically. Know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. It wouldn't be something known for a while in the story. So what is this terrorist organization like? What's their thing? I understand that part of their thing is get rid of the light people, but beyond that, what do we have? Obviously, they're interested in technology. Right. right. And they're humanists, though, too. So Yeah, that's where I'm thinking, humanists. Uh, but, you know, and that's the question is, do they even accept any uh, – because we, we talked a little bit earlier about implants, injecting knowledge, I suppose you were saying. Are these people that reject all of that and are just – Are about purity? Other? I can see that, uh, purity. I like that. I, I, I could see that, but, well, and then there's the whole conflict of if this is actually oh, yeah. action in action, then are they Darwinists? And, and don't believe this is actual Darwinistic kind of change. Well, honestly, I could see it a fight against evolution. Is it humanity so, reaching out to say, you know, F evolution? Yeah, I would yeah. say F evolution. Kill all the light people. Stop it with all the stupid cybernetics. And if you cater to that, then you get blowed up. I could see implant companies getting bombed just as easily as, you know, some of the light people, organizations for the freedoms of light people and and stuff like that. Companies that find jobs for light people in, you know, things like that. Job placement and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of different ways. Those places could just get bombed. And especially in this climate that we're creating, now the light people are trying to come back and find a way to breed with the humans again to actually create these kind of half light, half human people. I could see many of those clinics and many of those organizations totally on target because you're trying to dilute humanity. Okay. Then we have basically this anti-evolution group, essentially. They've gotten to the point that they think that they've decided that they want to keep the human form where it is, and maybe they're applying technology toward that. Right. In other words, they're not. That we've reached the pinnacle that we don't want right. to do any further. And they're not anti-technology. They're anti-implants yeah. because they're yeah, not well, changing the human form. While they're developing the accelerators, they're also trying to develop technology that keeps you human. Right. Basically, they may run uh, around in Iron Man armor, but they're not injecting the Iron Man. You know, actually, I like that idea. I was going <laughs> to say that that actually sounds really cool. They have like power armor. That would be nice. Because right. it's a way to use technology without altering yourself. Yeah. Good idea. And of course, uh, these power suits are borrowed and stolen from the various militaries around the world. So they're not. So they're not like good ones. They're and, and, the, the terrorist group is using like the leftovers and the ones that they could steal and scavenge. So everything that they have, including the accelerators, are all repurposed stuff. Right. So, and, well, and so the light, the light guy who's in charge is in charge of this thing, is actually just in a suit of armor, but he's the light beam con- somehow controlling the oh, Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like that. How come we never see him with his armor off? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it makes him very suspicious. Right, right, right. It's an identity thing. It's important. No, that's good. Right. That's good. Oh, yeah, and that's, yeah, the, you got the paranoia that goes along with... Yeah. With the group, yeah. Yeah, with the cell group, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So do we want to throw any more groups in here for interest or conflict or what have you? I definitely think there's probably some sort of group. There's the other side. There's the group that's trying to accelerate us all, you know, that thinks we'd be better off just converting the whole planet, all the humans to light. You know, the people who are jealous. So there's probably scientists trying to figure out how to purposefully do it. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I see it almost as 
that's kind of where I was going with the implants, the cosmetic implants. Like, implants become the cool thing to do. And again, the world goes in the direction that the young goes in. Yeah. So you have the newest generation who's totally okay with the light people, who's totally okay with implants. And then it can almost be, we could go with a rebellious angle, the young and the light people joining forces to fight against the, you know, aristocracy of purity and the idea that you're not supposed to change. Yeah. And that actually in and of itself is interesting. There should, maybe if there is a group there, if you have the young and some of these recently turned folk getting together, that maybe that is where a lot of support for the breeding program is coming. Right. I'm not even saying that, like, this should be an established, quote-unquote, organization. I'm thinking that this is just a general sentiment with the young of the nation. I like that. No, I think that works. There may be some sort of nonprofit that is out there setting up the clinics and what have you. Yeah. But that's not necessarily, narratively speaking, a conflict group, per se. It is more what we refer to as a target. Um For some of these other groups, but no, that works. However, I have an idea, perhaps, for we were talking about a group of folks trying to accelerate themselves mm-hmm. artificially. What if that's where we throw the cult in? Oh, Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the cult. Yeah, there's <laughs> the idea that we were talking about there being cults that actually see these beings as gods or as, like, the perfect form for humanity. So maybe there is uh, a major group out there, some cult, that has, as its goal, transcendence. So some of them are trying to do it just through, you know, ritual chanting or what have you. Right. And then others have actually gotten into the technology of it and are trying to develop devices, some of them more dangerous than others, to uh, accelerate the human existence. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I could see that. I could see that from the technological (laughs) standpoint. But I see some of the crazies, like... (laughs) <laughs> People you know, strapping themselves to nuclear warheads to try to turn them. Yes. <laughs> or, 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 I mean, I was thinking more more spiritually, like, you know, like baptism in artificial sun. People, like, yeah. dying because they want the chance to become and transcend and all that stuff. Like, I could see religious cults rather than the technological groups. Okay, yeah, so maybe not necessarily a group that's trying to develop devices to accelerate themselves so much that it's just mostly just people running around trying to do stuff. (laughs) With the reproduction aspect of it, you could have people that are trying to do it for legitimate reasons as far as we're dying off as a society, but then you could also have the light version of people that may not be necessarily good people, but they take advantage of these cultists that... (laughs) look up to them as gods to say, oh, well, if you join with me, then, you know, maybe it'll happen to you, too. But I can't promise. We might have. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. (laughs) No, I like that. I like that a lot. I think we're at the point pretty much we can start naming things. Is there anything else anyone wants to throw in before we start going to the names? No, I think we're good. We're good. I can't think of anything. All right. The Violet Indigo Blue Party, quote-unquote. The folks who had started out as kind of more of a Black Panther-like thing and seem to have developed more and have a lot of support as a political party. What do we want to call them? The party itself, the political party. Well, do we want to identify two separate organizations and name them? Well, I mean, first off, if they are going to be now classified as a new type of person, human beings would probably pick something very simple because they would probably treat them as like another race and they probably would just call them lights. That would just be my thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually think of the race of people as a whole would just be lights. The lights? Yeah. Okay. You know, like the lights, blacks, white. It's just another box to check on an application now at this point. Are you white? Are you light? Are you black? (laughs) Are you Hispanic? And Uh. if you are light, what shade are you? (laughs) How did you pick up this pencil? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Why do they even put that red box there anymore? I don't understand. (laughs) You really need to take the orange and red boxes off this sheet. I don't think it's possible. Isn't that just insulting? Yes. (laughs) A little bit of a... A little maudlin. That's just being mean. Yeah. So do we want to name the kind of foundational Black Panther type movement? I want to say something rainbowish, but then it <laughs> but then it comes off like cutesy. It's one of those things. Hmm. Well simple as a nin cat. Come on. To the thesaurus. Spectra, the hmm. spectrum. The, the spectrum. Something about I actually like the spectra. I actually liked that. The spectra? I liked the oh. spectra. Yeah, that's good. I like that. thought that that sounded pretty nice. As the militant group? Okay. The Spectra. Under Thesaurus. 
there's a synonym for rainbow is the band of color. I can actually see that, especially if it's a unifying kind of thing where there are humans coming into it and different shades of lights, then you can call it the band of color. Okay, yeah. so that'll be that sort of more militant movement is the band of color. I like it. Or Spectre. Yeah. I actually like yeah. Spectre too. I wasn't Well, saying, here's the thought. That. Maybe we call the initial movement the band of color, and then we call the actual political party the Spectrum party. Love it. Yeah. Or I also like the word chroma. I, I like, like that too. Yeah. It's like saturation, intensity, or colorfulness. Let's go with mm. chroma instead of spectra. Okay, so like the chroma party? Yeah. Or just chroma. Well, well I mean, I was, but we're talking about a, a political party. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the Green Party, the Wigs. Then you have the Chrome. Those Wigs! They're coming back! <laughs> the Bull hey, Moose! We, need to, we just need to establish it that the Wig Party has returned. <laughs> the Bull Moose are around, too. Come on. Well, and, and, and honestly, I could see the political system at a certain point, because we're saying that it took about 200 years for equality, and there's already a light president. So actually, it almost would have to be one of those things where it's not a two-party system anymore. It might be like a five- or six-party system. And it might have been that the president won because the other ones were at each other's throats too much. That could work. Maybe he was an underdog and and nobody ever thought he would ever be president. And then that's why he became the target of the first public assassination with this tool. Yeah. So in a surprise turn, the Chroma Party wins over the Whigs and the... <laughs> I see it. I see it. And the Bull Moose Party. Don't forget the, the Bull, Bull Moose Party. And the Bull Moose Party candidates. Cool. Awesome. Uh, I, I like that. Okay. So we have those names. The Cloud Folk, the High Spectrum folks, the yellow, orange, reds that have gone up into the clouds and built their own civilization up there. Do we have a name for them? The Long Wavelengths. The Long... Uh, the we, could just call, we could just call them the cloud people if we wanted to, but I don't know if we, we could. Like, I don't like that, though. Well, I mean, we could go with something like the long or the far. Ooh, the far is not bad. The far, I think, sounds pretty good. I'm good with the far. For the terrorist group, I was trying to figure something out with dark or shadows or something like that. You know, yeah. something that puts out light. You know, the absence <laughs> of light is, is is their goal. The, the snuff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the black hole. The It could be the singularity. Let me see here. The cloud another term for the them as the far. far. Yeah, they're the far. I think some folks might even call them the high if they're too if they're way up. But yeah, that that'll get wrong. Okay, true. Um, that'll that'll be the slang. <laughs> yes, high people. Exactly. <laughs> the high luminaries. <laughs> but uh, as far as as the anti-evolution terrorist group, mm-hmm. let's see. I'm going to put the word shadow in the thesaurus. I actually see. put the word darkness in. Yeah. Um, eclipse came out. Ooh. And that's uh, I kind of like that. Good. I kind of like eclipse. eclipse. If we Actually, yeah, if we, just, like if, if we just call them Eclipse, that's the name of their organization. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yay, thesaurus.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to work out a sponsorship deal sooner or later. <laughs> we use this on so many of these episodes. The movement that incorporates a lot of these cults where they want to transcend. Actually, I was thinking even just the transcendence movement might be good. But what, what do you think? What do we want to name them? The Focus? The focus would work. The the I mean, the focus movement is good. I kind of want to say the switch. Hmm. Or the kind prism? Of a, Maybe a prism, some sort of? Like a light switch. Or a, uh... Yeah, I was thinking like you flip the switch and you now there's light. I don't know if that sounds actually good. <laughs> Shift? The brilliance? Ooh. Ooh. F- ooh. I like that. Yeah. The brilliance movement? The brilliance, yeah. And individuals... From that movement are called brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I am a brilliant. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Now, as characters, do we want to name the president and the terrorist leader? Sure. Okay. Who is the president or was the president? Well, you know what? This is a really good question here, and this kind of will go back to kind of the culture of the light. I am assuming that there would be some, if they identify a lot with humanity still, that they would retain their name. Um, Probably. But then there would be some of them that would be like, no, you're right. I am no longer human. I don't need that name. And then they yeah. give themselves a new name. 
Yeah, I can especially see that happening with a lot of the far. Yeah. The president, I think we said, is a green. Right. And then he, like, during his presidency, he ascended to yellow. Is that what yeah. we were saying? And I then, think that was, yeah, basically. He's, and he then somebody yellow. shot him in and he just went red and was gone. Yeah. <laughs> or something maybe, like that. Maybe green is his last name. Maybe he retained his <laughs> first name and kept the color as his last name. Oh, I like that. We can do that. So he's William Green, and he briefly <laughs> became William Yellow, and... Let's think about this. Who was this guy before? We're still talking politics here, so he couldn't have too many spotty things on his record. So he would have to be something good. Maybe he was one of those freak occurrences. Maybe he was somebody who was like a firefighter who ran into a building and saved a kid and turned right there in the middle of the building as it fell down on top of him. Mm. Hmm. I just felt like I should do it. Yes, yes. It's always good to do. <laughs> join in, join in. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, no, that's kind of cool. I, no, I like that. Yeah, that maybe Politics that was is about a, is, is about how you can spin a story. If he is like the hero and he's portrayed as a hero, and ever since he turned into a light, now he's been an advocate for light freedoms and civil liberties for lights and all that stuff. Then it basically positions him to be the perfect person to then become the president. All right. So he was a hero before he was converted, so to speak. Yeah, like he was already a hero. He was a firefighter. Who doesn't like a firefighter? Um, that's true, that's true. That was the I, reason I, I picked that one specifically. No, no, I think that's great, yeah. I like that idea, and actually, what if we... Well, first of all, let's address basics. Do we want this to be a male or a female? It would probably end up being male. Okay. That's my thought, only because we prob- probably by that point, we probably would have our first or second, third female president by that point, so it's not necessarily an issue gender-wise with that. I, I, or at least I wouldn't think so 300 years in the future. I'm hoping not 300 years. No, let, yeah. let, it, let us hope, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I hope so. But for some reason, in my brain, this is a male. And I think only because only because the stigma is still going to be there somewhat. I think if you're going to elect something different, then you're going to elect the male version of that first, and it sucks. I mean, it sucks that I think that way, and that I think that that's where our country would be going, but... Um, oh, I understand. But, you know, it's like, we would have never had Condoleezza Rice as a president before Obama as a president. I don't think it would have ever happened. And I don't think that we can't have a, a black female president, but it wouldn't happen before a male black president. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. I don't know. I sincerely hope that in 300 years we're a bit beyond uh, where we actually are placing this world. Well, but, well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, we yeah. could be. Uh, I, I'm hoping. I'm but, hoping. you know, again, we're all still human. I mean, that's kind of the, the crappy part true. about it all. That is true. (laughs) There's some of us who are totally evolved and we are all into equality and we're awesome people. And then there's that 25% of the population who are really loud and totally disagree with what a rational person would do. Yeah. 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 We we got to find a way to deal with that. But I digress. I was looking over, actually, I was looking over Hispanic names. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. I could see him being a Hispanic. What about, say, Julian Green? I like that, because that's my son's name. Let's go with that. Ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. A little nepotism there. As a matter of fact, that is my son. Boom. <laughs> he's my well, son now. But he's going to become okay. a firefighter, and then, ah, okay. and then when he's later on in his career, he's going to die, and he's going to become a light. And then ah. by the time he's green, that's going to be... be president. Yeah, that's, that's, a wild, that's a while back. Yeah, That's that a while work. in the future. So. Yeah. yeah. No, that yeah. could work. That's that could that. work. Yeah. So originally Julian Lasanta, then later becomes Julian, Julian Green. Julian Green sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Okay, now we have to work my then just to... <laughs> well, so, so Thomas the is the of leader the of this organization. It was that's it. Gee. So remember, go and kill Eloy's son as soon as you get a chance. <laughs> Wow. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. I forgot. The president dies. I'm switching it. <laughs> no take backs. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is interesting. We're, we're getting into a Terminator situation here just that's, by virtue of the... Uh... <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so, um, the terrorist leader is uh, Thomas Indigo. Is that what we're talking about? No. Um... <laughs> sure, I guess it's... I guess so. Oh, that's right. Oh, is is that your is that your son's name, Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Totally. 
That's amazing. <laughs> and and actually, it would be Thomas. Yeah, make it Thomas Indigo. Like he's really like he hasn't even left his body yet. He's like just on the cusp there because he, actually, yeah, Violet is. Oh, Violet. Uh, that's right. I would say he either is Violet. Or he's like a very fresh indigo. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea that he's just become indigo and now he's in his armor all the time. I like it. Let's go with it. Yeah. Okay. So Thomas Indigo <laughs> is the terrorist leader, and that leaves us with one thing left, and that is the setting. Honestly, I would bring it right back around. I would make it the brilliance. Also, the name of what people are calling the cult movement. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I would bring it right back around because. That movement is going to be at the center of a lot of this. That movement is the reason that the terrorist organization exists. That movement is whatever character that we plop in this setting to go and investigate and check out what's going on and track down or whatever. They're going to be living in a world where the brilliance is actually kind of the norm. Do we like the brilliance? Yeah, that works. That works. Sure. Works well. Okay. The brilliance is the name of the setting. And there we have it. We have another world. Uh, Go forth and populate it, people. That was really cool. Well, thank you very much for uh, helping us out with that. Oh, of course. Um, I will remind folks that this setting is available under Creative Commons, so feel free to do with it whatever you wish. Uh, All you have to do is just credit the podcast. Eloy, if folks want to find you online, where should they go? To find out about my company, Third Eye Games, you can go to thirdeyegames.net. If you're interested in listening to my podcast, you can go to rolling20spodcast.com, uh, and that's where we actually talk about being in the uh, the RPG industry for those who are interested in that. And uh, if you're interested in any of my uh, freelance information or you want to check out my resume, you can go to eloythesaint.com. Awesome. And Eden, thank you again for gracing us with your presence. My pleasure, Guy. If folks want to find you online, where should they go? They should go to darkgeisha.wordpress.com, and that's D-A-R-K-G-E-I-S-H-A, those that aren't familiar with the term. That's truly a cool name. And may I just may I just say to you that I just checked my email and I got a story accepted while we were doing this podcast. So. Nice. Ooh, awesome. Um, yay. <laughs> yay. All right. Well, good news all around then. So with that, it is time to bid folks adieu. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Okay. And, uh, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, folks. This happened every time. This is true. <laughs> but it's fun. Good evening, good day, good morning, good night. Uh, good grief. Sayonara. That too. We are out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. The Crucible of Realms podcast and all settings created on it are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. All music was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. <laughs>